This is 4L with Ryan O'Neill and Rebecca DeCoster. Ryan, it's been a long time since it's just been like the two of us. I know. Well, we, we, we had our last episode with, with Casey Mayer. We've got another one that has already been recorded that's going to be dropping soon. Yeah. So it's that's back to be just a good you one. and me. It's going to be a very good one. I think people are going to be really excited. Um, right off the top, I need to acknowledge someone that has been a very important part of my life for reaching a very big milestone, a 50th birthday to Walt Disney World. Oh, well. Happy birthday. Yeah, we can't let a we can't let something like that pass without acknowledging it on the podcast. Daddy will be home soon. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound creepy and weird at no, all. No. But I mean, hopefully soon I will be. Um Do you know what else we have to clean up? I totally forgot about this. Mm-hmm. We did so remember we did the Wonka shout outs? Yes. And then we did another set of shout outs for the Kelly Clarkston thing. And then we had some people respond on that. And I totally forgot that we need to do shout outs on that. Do you have the list with you? I do. I'm sort of desperately pawing for it at the moment. (laughs) I don't know. What was We your- really might need to start making these podcast videos because the stuff that happens between you and I behind the scenes is probably more humorous than anything we say on the podcast. <laughs> that might be accurate. Like when I'm totally zoned out and you know that I'm just watching a golf tournament, you're like, I know you're watching a golf tournament. Well, because you're turned around in right, it's just the, back, the of, back of your head. Of my head. <laughs> like, it's not like you're being subtle. No, no, I'm not being discreet at all. And if you saw my setup, I literally have right now one, two, three, four screens. So it would not be hard for me to put it on like an iPad. I'm just, it's on the TV and I turn my No, you're basically in a sports bar. Yeah. No, that's true. I work in a sports bar. Um, all right. Did you find them? <laughs> I'm still working on it. Let's plow ahead. Let's plow. Well, because we're going to get to, I got an idea for the next level of shout outs, but, but let's talk about something. Again, this was sort of timely and is in the news and is not a topic that we have talked about sort of ad nauseum. Um, And it deals with child support. So New York Post, page six, where I get all of my important news from. uh, That's a joke, by the way. Is headline, Charlie Sheen no longer has to pay Denise Richards child support. Right? And if we were better at this, we'd have like a clever little drop going of Charlie going, winning! (laughs) But I can't figure out how to do that through the Zoom yet. So... Uh, let me just read a little bit of this. Uh, first off, I love the first sentence that Chelsea Hirsch, who I'm sure his parents probably sent her to like Northwestern, you know, metal school of journalism is now writing clickbait headlines for the New York Post. Charlie Sheen is finally free of paying Denise Richards child support. Like, oh, Charlie, the, 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 the trauma you've endured paying child support. You are finally free, my man. Way to go. Um, 
Two and a half men actors request, which tells you a lot because two and a half men hasn't been on the air in a while, but that's what we're still rolling with. Uh, his two children, Sammy and Lola, 17 and 16, was granted in court on Monday. Uh, I think what transpired today is extremely fair, Chuck told U.S. Weekly as he left the courthouse. It speaks not just to today. Does it say Chuck? No, I just call him Chuck. Okay. It speaks not just to today, but it speaks historically to that same fairness. I, that's one of those sentences that you can read a hundred times and it still doesn't say anything. There's just like 12 words strung together. I know. Um, Chuck, who's 56 years old, filed to change his support payments in December of 19. Now, so here's the interesting part of that, the little bit of backstory. His daughters, and I think I said this already, are 17 and 16. Both now live with him full time. Well, there seems to be some discrepancy about that because, and it's the same story every time we do a pop culture thing like this, where like our source is obviously, it's not the court records. It's like an unnamed source to page six or vulture or whatever. But I did read something that said, somebody said, that one of the kids is with Charlie full-time, but one of the kids goes back and forth. Oh. But that she was filming out of state or out of the country or something when this hearing happened, and the child happened to be living with him at the time the hearing occurred. So who knows what was said in court and whether or not the representations that were made were a complete disclosure of what's actually happening there's a lot of, yes, you're right. So according to sources, uh, the 17 and 16-year-old began living with him in either April or July, depending on who you talk about. But that's 2020, which this article says he filed in 2019. But then you get these sort of little nuances. And we're going to unpack this a little bit. But Denise was never served with this court date. Chuck did this on purpose, the insider claimed. He filed two years ago and kept pushing the court date. Okay, that does happen. I've seen that. Denise kept asking when the date was and he blew her off. That's questionable. He pushed it off because he didn't want records of the child support he was paying to Brooke, who must be another person he pays support to. Yeah, that's he has twins with her, I think. Okay. To impact the case after he agreed to pay them both the same amount of child support. There's a lot in that paragraph. So a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. Let's start with the let's start with the first point that I wanted to touch on this, which is and again, we speak to a nationwide audience. We are worldwide on this podcast and so some <laughs> folks might not be aware of how the support works. And every state does it different. I mean, states are all across the board have different standards and ways in which they you know, order child support to be paid. One of the consistence across state lines is there is always typically a correlation between the parenting time schedule and the amount of money that you pay. The theory being the more you have your kids, the more food you're putting on the table, clothes in the closet, shampoo in the shampoo bottle. And so the other parent will not need as much support because you are making those contributions in your home, right? You are supporting the children that way versus a parent who has all of the overnight and all of the parenting time, they're going to require more support from their parent because they are solely responsible for those costs, right? We're all right. in agreement there. 
So the fact that he would not be ordered to pay support if the 16 and 17 year old are living with him doesn't strike, I think, either you or I as being particularly surprising. Correct. No, that, that's if they are living with him full time, it's not surprising at all. Um, in, unless, and I guess it depends. The, I mean, the way it would fall out in Michigan is if they spend any overnight time with their mom at all, she's going to get an offset off of her base support for that. Um, and it also depends on what the income of both parties are. Like, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've certainly seen where um, one party earns far in excess of the non-custodial parent and the non-custodial parent still has some parenting time that's overnight. So they do get an offset. And then like custodial parent still ends up paying a little bit of change under the formula to the non-custodial parent just because the income discrepancy is so enormous. Right. So, I mean, it happens, but it would be rare. So it is not shocking to me that if both kids are living with him full time and have limited parenting time with mom, that he would be ordered not to pay anything. Right. And so the fact that he went into court, presumably argued, hey, this is what the parenting time schedule has been. These two are living with me. Um, I need a reduction in the support. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. <laughs> we got to get a better way to do drops, man. I this, know. It's embarrassing. <laughs> the only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. Winning. Um, that's not surprising. But their case, and I think what made it particularly interesting, right, because we talked about the Kelly Clarkson support case, and we've talked about, you know, we discussed Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. We talked about spousal support in the context of there really wouldn't be a need there. Um, these cases are always somewhat, I think would say a little bit more difficult, right? And, and, and here's what I mean by that. Even though in most jurisdictions, you know, the court is going to be ordering custody and parenting time over children until they turn 18. The reality is when you have a 17 and a 16 year old, and I would imagine, look, I think growing up in Hollywood is probably even more of a bizarro world than the real world is for the rest of us. For sure. <laughs> I, I'm guessing that when Sammy and Lola say, Hey, we want to live at dad's now and we're, you know, packing up and leaving moms. Um, that's, that's something that I know we have had to deal with and something that you see frequently come up where teenagers who are, yes, still going to be under a court order for custody and parenting time, but they, because they are nearing the age of majority, because they are, you know, driving cars and they are, you know, uh, have much more freedom, I guess, in that sense. There's no question that it becomes a situation where they're calling more of the shots. Well, yes and no. So let me play devil's advocate for a minute on that, which is I think the perception of parents and probably the reality for parents is like, yeah, as they get to those late teenage years and they're maturing and they're getting ready to graduate from high school and, you know, they're working or they're getting ready to go to college or whatever, like they are going to be more independent and make more independent decisions, including 
by consent of the parents, like I want to spend more time at dad's house or I want to spend more time at mom's house. But the percent, the perception of that and the reality of that, I think is very different than, than what the court is allowed to do when a child is under 18. And that is like, no, I'm not going to interview your kid. And they're going to tell me that they want to spend all their time at dad's house. And that's going to be the end of the inquiry. Cause that's not how it works. Cause I still have to follow best interest factors and follow the law and make a determination about whether or not it's in that kid's best interest to have whatever kind of parenting time or custodial arrangements. And is their preference one of the factors? Yeah, but again, it's still one of 13 factors. So just the fact that Lola or Sammy wants to pack up their Louis Vuitton luggage and take it over to dad's house is not the end of the inquiry if it lands in court, right? Correct. So, you know, yeah, but, but, but if, I, that's, I, if that's being done in violation of an order too, like I, I might not, be giving you credit for the overnights that you exercised illegally. Right. And, and I should have probably been more specific to that point. Because you're right. The court does not sort of abandon its responsibilities of making findings based upon the best interests of the children. I think a lot of times, at least in the cases that I've had recently to this point, is where the parents sort of on their own are throwing up their hands and sort of saying, I'm not fighting a 17-year-old if they want to go live with dad now or they want to go live with mom now. And they just sort of relinquish the control of it. And, and, and again, the only time that then that issue comes before us is when the other parent pulls a chuck and goes, well, I've got junior now and I'm not going to be paying you support anymore if I have junior. And so then they show up to court and it's, hey, I need a reduction in support. You know, junior lives with me. Right. And, and you do find out that, you know, sort of was an order changed? No. Was a motion filed? No. Uh, it was just sort of the parties on their own sort of acquiescing that, you know, neither one of them are going to be telling or putting any sort of controls on the child. And it's if they want to live with dad, I'm not going to fight them to do it. Um, and I understand, like, I understand the reality of that is, which is, mm -hmm. I think when you're parenting teenagers in particular, but all children, you choose your battles, like, mm -hmm. and maybe that's not a battle that, that you want to fight. And we don't need to go down the road of whether or not it's wise to let a 17 year old be making life choices when their prefrontal cortex still isn't developed. That's a whole different discussion. But, um, but it's still, I mean, it impacts parent. The reality is it impacts parenting time because, or I'm sorry, child support. Hello. Um, because we're talking about the shared obligation to take care of the child's material needs. So, you know, that may have been their agreement and they didn't think it was going to affect child support. But if someone brings the motion on child support, like, yeah, it does impact yeah, your child support. Absolutely. W one line in here, Sammy Sheen, who is the daughter, I don't, is she the 17 year old? Yeah. Sammy is 17. Sammy Sheen claims she moved out of Denise Richards' abusive home last year. Right? <laughs> uh, a source told us at the time Sammy was not being abused. She was just subject to normal rules, which, by the way, you hear that all the time as well, right? Where a parent goes, the, my child's... Well, right. And I'm sure that my reaction was the same as your reaction when you read that, which is, well, there's a really big loaded word, abusive, yep. with absolutely no facts behind it. 
I have no idea what that means. And my thought was, were you not allowed to drive the Ferrari to your friend's party on the weekend? Like, was that the abusive thing or? Mom, I want the Bentley. <laughs> like I, I mean, and I, I see that in the pleadings that we get too, like right. big emotionally charged words like abuse or neglect or, you know, uh, those are the big ones, but yep. with no facts. Right. So you're giving me a very emotionally charged word and wanting me to draw conclusions from it without giving me any information that's fact specific. Correct. And the other component to that is claimed she moved out of her mom's home. And I'm going, oh, that's interesting because again, as we've talked about, you know, it, I don't know, and it hasn't been reported that there was a court order facilitating a move. So again, right. this this case clearly has all the markings of two parents who, and they're not alone in this, right? It, it trying to parent a sixteen and a seventeen year old from two different homes can sometimes be difficult, particularly where children, as I'm assuming these two do, um, have a lot of privilege and a lot of access to. Um, you know, cars and money and technology, and they're just letting them decide where they want to live until they turn 18 um, instead of going to court, filing a motion, going through factors, having the children potentially interviewed. It's, well, they're just going to go and, and live on their own. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think anything in this article about the support component, assuming that everything that Chuck has alleged certainly seems to line up, right? Mom and dad are not going to order parenting time be ordered as it was in the court. They're letting these kids call the shots on that. Kids are living with dad. Dad's not going to pay mom support. This is the part that I find also particularly delicious, which is Denise was never served this court date. Charlie did this on purpose. Denise kept asking when the date was, and he blew her off. All right, let, let's go through this one by one. Number one, Denise was never served with this court date. First off, I'm going to call bullshit, because I'll tell you right now, if you're Denise Richards, and I assume you have the money to hire a fairly competent attorney, and you were never served with a court date, the very first thing your attorney is going to do is file a motion in court saying, uh, you need to set that order aside. We were never given proper service. Right. Right. I know things are different in California and in, in Hollywood, but I think we all still get like due process and hearing notices. Well, that was when, my thought when I read that was, if that is actually true, then quit crying about the order, file your request for reconsideration or request to set aside the order, and then have your real hearing. Right. Because that's not how it works. You don't get to just sort, like sort of default ex parte somebody into an order that they can't do anything about. You know, showed because you didn't appear because I didn't tell you about the court date. I, right. I, I mean, again, in no courthouse in America is that going to be, again, assuming that he, if he truly didn't serve her, and, and here's my theory, he did serve her, she did know about the court date, I don't care that she was out of town filming whatever season of Real Housewives of I Don't Give a Shit she was on. She has a lawyer who was getting copies of those hearing notices. Well, or he served her properly at home and she wasn't there to open up the mail and let it sit for a month. Well, 
I mean, which is possible. I guess it is, but. But that's in Michigan, that'd be good service. Sure. I mean, it's a post judgment motion. I sent it to the last known address for the other parent. I guess I'm just assuming oh. maybe falsely that you have a lot of attorneys who are representing people in that industry. I don't know. If I was these folks, I would just always have an attorney on retainer who would just handle all this stuff for me. Here's the second part of it. Denise kept asking when the date was, and he blew her off. Again, uh, that seems to be a bit of a red flag. You would not be getting hearing dates from Chuck directly. Right. Right? You're going to have – Chuck has an attorney. Chuck's attorney is, is, is involved in the case, and presumably she has an attorney who would be talking to Chuck's attorney. So why would she be waiting for him to tell her the court date? I don't, and also given the history with these folks, I, and with him in particular and all of his well-publicized shenanigans, like he's the last person I'm relying on to tell me when a court date is. Oh yeah. (laughs) You're not going to be my reliable source of information for that. Really? You wouldn't trust the guy from Major League? Ricky Vaughn? Or anger management or... Two and a half, whatever. Oh, that's right. He did the anger management theory. Uh, uh, theory. He did the anger management sp- uh, uh, spinoff. Uh, I totally forgot about that. Um, which I think might probably the last project he did until he started doing prescription commercials with his dad. Oh, I forgot about that. Those are really awful. Like, they're truly awful. Good start. It's a good start. It's a great start. It's the first win that we can claim to be completely original, which excites me, which puts me in in the zone of winning. I'm by winning. I win here and I win there. Now what? Source further alleged, just to put a bow on this, Rebecca, that Sheen hasn't paid Denise in the last four years. Probably because he hasn't been working in the last four years. Well, I, I... No child support at all. Although I'd love to know what the residuals are for two and a half men that he gets. I'm sure they're insane. Right. But, and here's the thing, you know, she's making money for real housewives or whatever else it is that she's doing. But I wondered what the income comparison was. Like that was the ding ding for me was like, what, like, what is the income? What's her income? What's his income? Like, how are we determining that? Because I mean, that's a huge moving part, at least in Michigan. And I think California too. He is making approximately $88.5 million on the reruns. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, and I guess, like, I, I don't know if you feel like we're done discussing Denise and Charlie, but I think for me, it's like a bigger conversation about child support and how important I think it is that you understand how it works before you march into court and advocate on child support. Cause I don't know if this is your experience, but I've had a lot of instances where somebody files a motion to lower child support or increase child support who thinks that because there's been a change in one factor, like mom had a decrease in income, she's the recipient of support. So you should rerun it and give her an increase because her income has gone down. But here's the problem. 
we don't just rerun it based on that one factor because you're the guy who filed a motion or you're the girl who filed a motion. We're going to rerun it based on everything. Right. So you also forgot to maybe wonder and be curious about, well, has dad's income gone down also maybe? Have the overnights changed? Have the health insurance premiums changed? And maybe you should have run some numbers before you marched into court and then end up with a result where your client's actually getting a decrease in support because other factors have changed that you didn't consider. Like, and now what's she supposed to do? Like you should have kept your mouth shut. <laughs> Everything was fine, but you didn't run the numbers before you went to court with like your worst case scenario. But we well, I do have, I had some of the shout outs. Um, oh yeah. Th- yeah. That's what I wanted to end with. So I could only find three on the, the Facebook page. So I'll do those. And I'm also going to say what they said their favorite song was, because that's embarrassing. Um, I love that. <laughs> Kate Weaver said her favorite was Piece by Piece. Okay. Solid. Um, Molly McFarlane McManus, who is affectionately known as Molly McF McM, <laughs> said her um, favorite was My Life Would Suck Without You. And Jill Duffy said hers was Because of You. I don't know Because of You. Oh, you don't? It's, um, it's really good. Is I it, can't believe I, you don't know that one. I have to check. It, Kelly Clarkson's not like on the serious playlist. Okay, sure. I, I finally found my list of the <laughs> Kelly Clarkson All right. shout-outs. Let's have it. <laughs> so it's seven days later. No, I'm kidding. It's just later the same day. Um, so there are two more. Tim Drotar, and I didn't write down his favorite song, um, and Elizabeth Parker, and I didn't write down her favorite song. But rest assured, they're just as embarrassing as the other three that I shouted out. Perfect. Okay. I want it a bit because I want to make sure everyone gets gets their credit. Right. Everybody should get their due for participating. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye for real. <laughs>